every night my every thought is you The things you do seem so satisfying to me I must confess it girl And welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the High Button Podcast I'm your host Justin Belanger Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United Generous United is a membership based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada Their goal is to make prescription drugs more affordable so we can all live healthier lives. One thing I love that Generous United is doing is that they are helping out small businesses who can't afford health care for their employees. If you can save money in one aspect of health care, whether it be dental, massage, acupuncture, even prescription drugs, you're going to be able to afford other aspects of your health care. So head on over to generousunited.ca and see if there's anything that they can be doing for you so you, loved ones, family members, co-workers, doesn't matter who, can be living a healthier life. One more time, generousunited.ca. Today's episode is also brought to you by Crypto Vantage. Crypto Vantage and High Button Sports have teamed up so you don't have to make the mistakes that I've made when it comes to cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, it's everywhere. The conversation at your Christmas dinner table, the water cooler talk. Maybe you're out walking your dog, you run into your neighbor, and all of a sudden cryptocurrency gets brought up. You need to be educated on the cryptocurrency world. Head on over to CryptoVantage.com slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the page. CryptoVantage will send you a free online white sheet that will allow you to know everything that you need to know about cryptocurrency and how you can make no mistakes when it comes to the cryptocurrency game. One more time, CryptoVantage.com slash high button. Fill out the white paper at the bottom of the sheet and you are good to go. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Sean Margison. Sean is a golfer here from Nova Scotia, Fall River to be exact, and I love talking golf in the middle of the winter. It gets me a little bit excited. Sean played college golf down in the States at Coastal Georgia. He actually won a 2018 MCT Men's Amateur Championship after his first year out of college. He also won a conference title last year for coastal Georgia while he was in the school so the guy knows what he's doing when it comes to the game of golf he actually played a round of golf with McKinnon according to his Instagram page which is kind of cool and he also played for Team Nova Scotia at the Canada Games Sean is an all-around golf sicko just like me loves the game obsessed with the game and I'm excited to pick his brain so maybe I can get a couple tips for myself so I can bring them onto the greens and the fairways and the sand traps wherever I am this summer. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. We're talking to Sean. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom, Sean, we are going. Thank you for joining the podcast, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me on. Oh man, no worries. Like you were saying, like it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like Christmas. So it's like, I don't know. There's something in the air that still uh, that still feels like I'm in work mode. So I'm happy to get a podcast on this close to Christmas. And like I said, I do appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course. Not like you have much to do now. Are you, are you golfing? Are you, can you? What do you do? Uh, I'm doing some work right now, off season stuff. So like simulators. To, uh, yeah, I got a setup going on at uh, Oakfield Golf and Country Club where I work. So that's been good, and so I've been able to hit balls there. And I've uh, hired a trainer for the winter, so I've been doing a little bit of stuff here and there. Yeah. So. So the golf, the, the, excuse me, the game of golf was introduced to me, uh, it was introduced to me a while ago, but I started playing it for the first time, uh, a lot this year because of COVID and everything that's happened. But when was, uh, when was golf introduced to you? How old were you and who was the, the person to introduce it to you? Well, basically when I could start walking, it was my, uh, my dad, he just started me from a young age. He played junior golf when he was younger, you know, just continued to play, um, you know, into his adult life and then. You know, I I could start walking, and he had a club in my hand right away. So I was always in the backyard just whacking it around and kind of fell in love with it. Did it come naturally to you? Um, I would say, yeah, relatively. Yeah? Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I just, I don't know, I was obsessed with trying to hit certain shots around the house and stuff like that when I was little. So I was always out there. That's how I'd spend my, my time at home. Yeah, well, I mean, I, like, I look at my friends that have played for such a long time, and I'm so jealous of them that they got to play it at that young of an age because their fundamentals are down, and I'm still working on my fundamentals. And I see these guys and how they can be on a par three and hit the green no problem. Like, ah, I wish I could have that. Do you feel fortunate now? Because golf is everywhere. you got to admit, 
in Nova Scotia, everyone's playing it. Your brother, your cousin, your cousin's uncle, everybody. Like the courses were packed this year from what I've heard from the past couple of years. Do you feel fortunate that you've been able to play this game for such a long time before it got extremely popular here? Absolutely. Like starting super young, you know, it's it's a huge bonus. It kind of gives you a jump start in the sport, whether you're just playing it casually or just, you know, trying to play competitively. You know, you get a big jump there. And then to see the game growing so much in Nova Scotia, especially since the pandemic hit, I mean, obviously that's not how you want it to grow necessarily under those circumstances. But, it, uh, you know, everyone got outside and started playing. So it's nice to see all this uh, growth of golf in Nova Scotia. Have you seen the growth personally just on the courses from the past years when COVID wasn't a thing? I have. Yeah, so I, I work at Oakfield um, in the summers. And, uh, um, like this year we were doing like 300 rounds a day. And in the past we were doing like 200 probably before COVID. And so that extra hundred rounds a day throughout the course of the year, I think we did like 40 some thousand rounds this year at Oakfield alone. So if you're thinking about like just golf across the board, like any course in Nova Scotia is ramping that up. So it's huge. Was it annoying for guys like you though? Holding up the course, people... No, I mean it's fine. I I didn't get to play a whole lot this summer, but uh, you know it was it's been good because it keeps keeps you busy. Um, but no, nah, it's not it's not a big deal. What was the mentality like going into your first tournament? And how old were you when you went to your first tournament? Uh, I was ten, so that's Jesus. it's like the first kind of the entry level for golf tournaments. Like that's kind of where you start out if you're. At the earliest age you can get get into it. I've always wanted to join one of these golf tournaments. There's apparently there's tournaments every weekend at every course. I don't really know anything about it. I play for fun, but uh, I, I want to know a little bit more about tournaments and what goes into them. You said you're 10 years old. I'm assuming there's nerves going into it. But what's your mentality going into a tournament, whether you're 10 or how old are you now? I'm 22. 22. So what, what's like a mentality going into a tournament? Is it nervousness or is it just have fun and see what happens? Um, it's it's nerves, but also fun because. You think about golf, you're trying to shoot the lowest score you possibly can. And, you know, on a casual day, it's a lot easier. It's polar opposite in a tournament. So when you get up there on the first tee and you're teeing it up, it's it's a different environment, different mindset. You got to be ready to play. You got to be tough. And, you know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, you just go out there and like any other day. But really, you know, mentally, it's, it's a big difference. So um, it's a lot of fun, though, at the same time, because, you know, if you achieve those goals and you put together a good score at the end of the day you're just you're pretty fired up about it so yeah. you want to get back out there how old were you when you went eh, maybe i should take this a little serious um honestly when i played that first tournament i just when you were 10 i fell in love with competitive golf right out of the gates and i was always like oh when's the next junior tournament like i just want to be involved as much as i can and at you know being in nova scotia having a short season you're thinking like, okay, I need to hop on every chance I get. So when I was young, I was just, I was all over it. Any little tournament my dad could find or, you know, I was looking them up myself, you know, I'd be like, hey, can I, can I get in this one? And yeah, yeah. so that's how it kind of started. What was it about the competitions that drew you in specifically? Was it the actual competition? Was it the nervous energy you loved? Like what was the one thing that attracted you to them? Um, I think, you know, the competitive edge obviously but i think in one of my first tournaments i won like a small prize because i played okay i was like this is awesome like (laughs) i need to go back and do this again and obviously as you get older you you know you build up on that stuff so you kind of you know get that experience so when you do it young it kind of translates nicely when you get a little older what element of the game came most naturally to you um i was always always had a really good short game i was a good putter when i was young you got a scotty right now I do have one. Do you yeah. me too? I bought my first one this nice. year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great putter. I've actually used the same kind of putter since I was 11 years old. No way. So um, I got a newer version about five years ago, but it's the same kind of build and model. It's like a blade putter, the Scotty Cameron Newport 2, it's called. That's what I have. Yeah. So I've used that for my whole life. So No I've just, I don't have any other putters. Isn't I that what Tiger uses? That's pretty, it is Tiger's like layout it looks like i know tiger has one of one but whenever i see it on tv it looks very similar to the putter i have yeah he does he has like his it's a similar idea as like custom scotty newport 2 whatever you want to call it yeah it's like the most famous putter in golf is it worth like an insane amount of money probably man like the amount of golf knowledge that i've learned over these past couple of years not even just the history of golf 
Like the PGA YouTube channel, PGA Tour YouTube channel is unbelievable how they have those mini movies and I'm going back and just looking at the history of tournaments that have happened and close finals. It's It's been such a, it, obviously it's been a shitty year, but it's been a year to kind of research and, and, and look at some new hobbies and golf was mine and uh, I love just looking at the past of golf and seeing who some of these golfers were back in the day who shaped the game, Tiger obviously being one, but there's a couple others and I don't know, there's something about the game I just love. Still trying to figure it out though. Yeah, yeah, no, there's lots of stuff to, you know, lots of knowledge that you can take in, especially as, you know, being new to the game. I mean, man, keep going for it. It's it's awesome. You know, uh, you'll learn so much. Yeah. Like, and you can have a good time doing it, so. Yeah, well, that's it's like, uh, it takes a lot of my money, but it's one thing I'd spend my money on. I'm happy with it. Like, I don't <laughs> mind. It's a good thing to, like, I don't know, you're, you're outside. You're kind of exercising, not really, but you're walking. I don't like, do you like walking or do you like the cart? Walking, 100%. Walking, yeah, okay, good. 100%. You're in it. You're in it more. You're thinking about your next shot rather than leisurely driving up to the ball. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I find, like, walking, one, you get to enjoy your day more. You just kind of get to look around, talk with your playing partners. At the same time, it gives you time to kind of prepare for your next shot as opposed to just whipping up in the golf cart and, you know, not having too much to think about. Yeah. That's one thing that I think about anyway, <laughs> but not every golfer probably thinks that, but um your your mental strength at least the the only questions i can ask are based on my past year experience and i'm trying to i'm trying to steal from you essentially right now i'm trying to get into your head and figure out what i can shape into my game but um like my mental strength for golf isn't the best i get frustrated easily i'm trying to work on it do you find that your mental strength for the game of golf came over time were you always that guy who made like maybe a shitty shot and then you're like yeah i'm fine i'll figure out the next shot like how long did it take for you to build that that thick skin and go okay don't worry about that shot now worry about this next shot yeah so when i was young i used to get pretty heated after a bad shot yeah and uh you know sometimes it would translate into my next shot hit like kind of compounding errors you hit another bad shot here um but I was always tough in that, you know, getting angry when I was younger would almost help me. Like, I need to make this putt to, like, make it up. You know what I mean? To save it. Yeah. Save par, save whatever. Um, n- now, like, growing up, I've I've kind of found a way to, to tame that. And so now I'm more, you know, if I hit a bad shot, I'll be like, you know, yeah, you're not, you're not happy about it, but, you know, you're better off at kind of handling yourself and knowing that you can redeem yourself on the next shot. So that's kind of the big thing I would say is it only takes one shot to get back into it. So there's no sort of, you know, it's not necessary to get mad per se. It happens. Everyone gets emotional in sports, but you know, you always have a way to bring it back and kind of salvage after a bad shot. Mm. So, you know, for that sake, you know, it's, it'll help you out. Are you keeping track of your score while you play? Like, obviously, each hole, but, like, are you going, okay, I'm two under, I'm four under right now, or do you just say nah? Uh, yeah, I always have a score in my head. Yeah. Um, you know, I always know what I'm at um, mentally, and I know I have goals. You know, I have a limit. Like, you know, I don't want to, you know, if I'm struggling, usually, you know, if I can keep it to two over at worst, that's, like, you know, I can grind that out. I'm still in it. Obviously, you know, you're not going to win shooting that, but if you can shoot that at your worst day, then, you know, I'll always try to get it back to that or, you know, at worst, hopefully two over. That's what I work towards. So if I'm not playing good, I'll have that kind of goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll have that, you know what I'm at. Oh, I'm at one under, oh, I'm at two under, oh, I'm at two over, you know, yeah. I'll always be conscious of it. Do you find that the driving range still helps you or do you need to be in game-like situations in order to get better? Um, Driving range is helpful for something I like to call block practice. What's that? So... Block practices, um, my, my swing coach, Jeff McDonald, he explained this to me. It's essentially like if you're working on something specific in your golf swing, you know, you go to the driving range, you go and putt. You're not there. Like you're there for a reason, and you're not just banging balls, per se. And then once you work on that, you take that out to the course and try to get comfortable. I find I play my best golf in tournaments when I've been playing a lot casually, not necessarily on the driving range. Um, so I would say the driving range helps for, you know, working on that one specific thing, but I, I wouldn't like to spend a ton of time there just banging balls cause it doesn't do anything for me. Hmm. I'm in the process right now of potentially buying new clubs, Titleist uh, MB, 620 MBs. And a lot of my buddies are saying they're very bladey and you'd rather have a muscle back because I'm more of a, a beginner golfer. 
could you explain that to me a little bit more before maybe I make this purchase? If you have a bladier iron, it's a little bit harder to shape shots rather than having a muscle back. Um, yeah, so like a bladed iron is more for the good player because so, that sweet spot's smaller. Um, it's harder to hit. Mm. So someone with you know more experience, better fundamentals, just a better player in general might go to one of those clubs because it might help them out. Mm-hmm. But for a beginner golfer, you want to have more of a, um, like you said, like a muscle or cavity on the back of your club, a little thicker, gives you a little more um, sweet spot per se. So a miss hit will turn out better for you than per se using a, a blade mean? iron. What do you mean by a miss hit? Sorry. So, you know, say you hit your golf shot and you hit it off the toe instead of in the sweet spot in the middle. You know, that you're, st- you're going to get more out of it than you would with a blade as a beginner. So for yourself, I mean, you know, have a look at it. If it is a blade, like a smaller looking club, yeah. it might not be the best for you. But, um, you know, if you could look into something maybe with a little more cavity on the back, it'll help you out a lot with your miss hits and just getting more out of your shots mm. um, where you're not as consistent as, say, an, an experienced golfer. So it'll kind of help you get to that next level. Hmm. If you're go, if you're at a par three, one seventy five, what, what club are you hitting? Pitching wedge nine. I'm hitting a seven iron. Probably. Seven iron. Yeah. So there must be no. Would Would you rather power or control? I'm assuming control if you're hitting a seven iron. Um, seven iron. I mean, seven iron is kind of a one seventy five to one eighty. Oh yeah. Sort of club. Um, I think tour average is kind of right in there too. Um, for distance wise. Um. I mean, obviously, it depends on other factors, but, you know, no win and it's flat. I'm hitting a seven iron from 175. And are you more worried, like I said, about, because if I'm at a one, if I'm at a part of three, 150, I'm probably going to hit a pitching wedge, but I'm hitting the hell out of it. And that's, I think, my problem because it can veer right, it can veer left, it could go dead center, but not as much as I'd like it to. But I think that's a little bit part of my problem is that I'm just trying to hit it too hard rather than upping my club and focus less on power and just more accuracy. Is that accurate what i'm saying what i should be trying to do absolutely yeah i totally agree i think one of the biggest mistakes amateurs make um who are just starting out and even people who have been playing golf for a long time they they under club they don't get the ball to the hole and so you know this idea that you have to hit it really far and swing really hard i'm kind of old school in that you know it's okay to tone it back and you know hit your eight iron hit your nine iron from 150 and take a little off of it, give yourself a smoother swing, it'll probably help out your misses as well, you know. And when I say misses, you know, your bad shots won't be as bad as swinging swinging for the fences, essentially. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then if you're on the fringe trying to get onto the green and you can't putt, are you using a 60, like a 54, a 50? Like, well, what's your approach? Because when I first started, I was, it was all style. Like, let's get a 60, let's flop it up, get it there. My thought process was... Okay, I just whenever I'm on the fringe and I'm not able to putt and I want to chip, I just want to pick one club and worry about that one club and use it for every situation because at least I know the height it's going to go, I know the distance it's going to go, and I was using my 60 and then there's times where you miss your 60 and then it, it, you flop it, it goes too, way too far. So right now, or at least before the winter started, I was picking one club, which I actually chose on my 54, and my 54 up until, I don't know, whenever I stopped playing golf because of the winter, is the club I used around the fringe just to try to figure out, I guess, the, the height of it, the, the, the length of it, and my speed, the weight of it. I'm just trying to figure it out every which way. Do you agree with that process, or should I get more comfortable with all my clubs in the bag, or my wedges, excuse me? Um, I would say... You know, get, try to get comfortable with a variety of different clubs. Like, yeah. you you know, go through all your wedges and even, like, a 9-iron or an 8-iron. Okay. Um, and a bump and run. Yeah, yeah, like a bump and run, per se, if you're on the fringe. Um, and you got, you know, 30, 40 feet plus a green to work with. There's nothing wrong with taking out, you know, your pitching wedge and or your 9-iron or your 50-degree wedge, right. something with a little less loft and just get it low and get it rolling. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the longer the ball's in the air, the more room there is for air. Okay. So, um, you know, if you can get that ball, keep a little lower. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be time where you don't have much green to work with, and you got to get that ball up in the air so then that ball can stop a little quicker where you'll take your, your gap, your flop, you know, your, take your flop shot out, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I would, I would kind of, um, you know, work on a variety of those different clubs, try to get comfortable with everything. Okay, good to know. 
Yeah. Um, what was it like playing for Team Nova Scotia at the Canada Games? It was awesome. Yeah? It was one of the coolest experiences ever. Um, you know, you fly into Winnipeg on a <laughs> charter plane with all these different athletes. Stay, that, stay humble. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um pretty fortunate. You know, we got the like canoe team from canoe kayak team from Nova Scotia, like sitting with us and the volleyball team and we're all just hanging out and you get to meet new athletes and you get to watch them play and all while you're competing as well. So it was really neat. Winnipeg, I'd never been there before. Um, we got to stay at the University of Manitoba. That's sick. They had buses, busing the athletes all around the city. It was really cool. What's it, it like? Awesome. What's it like playing on a team atmosphere for golf? Um, it's it's different. Um, for me, that was the first time I've really played like on a bigger team stage for golf. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Canada Games is, you know, kind of something that a lot of kids look forward to or try to make. And I was fortunate enough to be on that team. And you know, you get to hang out with you know, these other players from Nova Scotia that you you know pretty well for the most part because you've played with them or against them. But now you just kind of come together and try to, you know, work as a team for the week. And when you go out and play, you know that, hey, I just have to worry about myself because golf is an individual sport. But if we all worry about what we have to do at the end of the day, we're going to come out with a good team score. So that's kind of how the golf, the team part went. And we got to hang out all week in Winnipeg. It was great. I loved it. Wow. How many guys are on the team? There was only three. So it was, it was a smaller uh, smaller sort of team environment. So so you were the top three best golfer in Nova Scotia at that year? Uh, yeah. So we did the qualifiers for it over the course of two years. There was five tournaments. And, um, yeah, I was, I was up there. So <laughs> I was fortunate enough to get on that team and – yeah, it was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. At this point, were you committed to Georgia? I was. I was going to, I was committed to coastal Georgia, which is in southeast Georgia. So how old were you when you committed there? I was oh, 16, 17. Oh, yeah. Like, that's on par, no pun intended, but like that's when you commit at that <laughs> age. Uh, yeah, I think I was a, I want to say I was a junior in high school or third year in high school or grade 11, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. So what made you want to commit to go play golf down there? Yeah, so it, it's always been a dream of mine to go play golf down, uh, you know, in college down south. I, I had some buddies do it before um, that were a little older than me, guys that I looked up to, like Allie Tidcombe and Miles Creighton. They're both from Nova Scotia. And uh, so I was like, man, I really want to do this. Like, this would be cool. You know, I get to go get my education and play competitive golf for four years. Oh, man the and, dream yeah it was it was really cool and the whole transition was awesome as well because canada games the week the week of the canada games is the week before my first week of school oh. so i went straight from winnipeg down to south georgia and totally different you know atmosphere different culture and yeah just fell in love with the place it was great what was it that you fell in love with the place like give me a couple attributes about georgia that you loved other than the food yeah, oh, the barbecue is so good. <laughs> I know, that it's was so dope. good. Oh man, there's a place called Southern Soul Barbecue, and uh, it's it's on the Saint Simon's Island, Georgia, and we'd go there, oh. and you know, just a great spot. You could smell it in the road, like it's just you know a go-to spot down there. And so the food was great. The people are awesome, like Southern hospitality. Southern hospitality. You don't get any better than that, and. You know, we're we're right on the coast, so we were kind of living the island life half the time. So you're golfing, you're chilling, you know, you're meeting anyone from, you know, it's a pretty well-to-do spot. You know, there's a decent amount of money in St. Simon's Island, but, you you know, everyone, hard workers, you know, enjoy enjoy just being there, you know. It's, it's awesome. Sounds like Nova Scotia a little bit. Hard workers good people, good hospitality. Yeah. Maybe they got a little bit nicer weather, but other than that, it sounds pretty similar. Good food. Yeah. I yeah. like it. It's like similar. It's just like a Southern Nova Scotia, you know, in a sense, you know, you're on the coast and you know, people are great. Good food. Yeah. It was great. Um, what's the, is the grass different in Georgia? I'm assuming. It on is. On the golf courses. Yeah. Um, they have Bermuda grass down there. It's, uh, 
completely different than what we have up here. See, that's why I'm not good. I need to be playing on Bermuda grass. That's the problem. That's what I need. <laughs> Bermuda grass is so difficult. It's um, oh, is it? <laughs> well, it, like, sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. But like, as a first timer, if you go down there, it's way different. It took me a while to adjust. Um, what? Yeah, I. It was the first time I've really been to a place where the grass was significantly different. Um, and it affected the way that you golf and hit shots. No way. Yeah. It, it try to explain that. Yeah. So, so for example, here our greens, like if you're to putt on our greens here, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of grain. And when I talk about grain, it's the way that the grass grows. So if the grass grows a certain way, it'll pull your ball in that direction. Um, when you're putting, um, I don't know. Okay. So, I'm trying to explain it here. Can you get a golf ball out and maybe you can roll it on the table? <laughs> yeah. It's... It. That's a custom vice high button ball. Oh, nice. Oh, I love these. Yeah. So like if the grass is like, if I can show the camera. Like... Can you, can you see him? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like if the grass is growing this way. Yeah. Then you're putting like it'll naturally pull the ball this way. Mm-hmm. And so it'll even affect it. If you're on a slope like this per se, but the grass is going up the slope. This ball can roll straight because the grass is going to hold it. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like a different, it's, it's, it's like very sticky. Different. It's very sticky. Yes. So like if you're, it goes with chipping too. Like if you're chipping and the, like, you know, and the grains going this way, the grass is going this way and you're hitting like this way for say, mm. It's really hard. You have to make really good contact in order to hit a good chip because you're chipping back in. The, your, your club will stick into it. So and that's why these pros, when they're chipping on, there's backspin because it's sticking. Is yeah, that is exactly. Because it, it, some of these backspins I'm seeing are like, how the fuck are they doing that? Yeah, it's okay. It's crazy because they'll 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 chip into the grain, and so like if the ball lands into the grain on the green, that ball is going to stop really quick. Yeah. You know, obviously, if it's down green, that ball's going to release more. It's going to roll out longer. So that's kind of how the grass works down there. It's very cool. You can even see it just by looking at it based on the uh, the color of the green. Like, if the grass is shinier, like, if you see the green is shinier, we'll do. it's down green. So the grass is going away from you. If it's a little darker, that means it's into you. So it's going to be a little slower. The ball ball's going to be pulled a certain way. So it's really crazy. Like when I first got there, I was like, what is this? It's so different. Is this all self-taught or do you have a coach down there? I have a coach. So my, my golf coach, my college coach helped me out a little bit. And my teammates helped me out. They're like, bro, like this is how you putt here. Like I was missing everything when I first got there. I was like, what is going on? They're like, you have to look at the grain. You're throwing the Scotty in the woods. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so different. And uh, yeah, but. It's crazy though, because once you get the hang of it and really get the feel of it, it's really easy to read putts. Interesting. Yeah, that's and, that's a big difference. Yeah, that, that's uh, I got to experience that for sure. Georgia. Yeah, they have it in Florida, Texas. You know, probably in California too. I would assume yeah, anywhere definitely. down south. Like, yeah. That's one thing I've loved about uh, even like golfing in this province. I've seen other parts of this province that I've never seen before. It's just amazing to see all the courses around here, and, and you know, there's some like Chester. I played Chester this year, and you're playing on the whatever eighth hole there on the on the cliff, and you're like, "This is Nova Scotia." Like I've never seen this before, and I probably would never see it if I didn't play in Nova Scotia. Like the, that's one thing I also love about golf is the scenery, the things you get to experience, the nature. You're being outside. It's I don't know. I love that aspect of it for sure. Yeah, we got some beautiful courses here. It's kind of you know a hidden golf destination. I feel like I feel like I mean Cape Breton's awesome for golf. They got a ton of awesome stuff up there especially with cabot coming now so um yeah so nova scotia is a gold mine for golf that's great yeah i can't I haven't been to cabot yet or highlands okay what's the other one cape breton highland links, highland links. Yeah. I haven't played there either but i think that's that's gonna happen this summer um what are some prestigious golf courses down in georgia like places like trump would golf like big dog oh uh, yeah i've actually played uh trump's course in uh doral and Miami. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had a tournament there one year. So was, was he there? He wasn't there, no. Oh. But it was it was a pretty cool spot, pretty cool experience, really nice. 
Really nice. I was going to say some of the golf courses down there, like this goes back to just doing my, my research on golf history and some of the courses uh, in the United States. And there's some pres- like, you know, $80,000 for a membership. And you're like, and then you go and look at the place, like you go on Google Maps, Google Images, and you look at the thing and it's like, wow, this guy's locker is made out of real oak wood with his name engraved on it. And then he's got a personal sawn on you, like 80 grand and the carpet's made of great. You're just like... Some of the things you're looking at, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. The country club life down there. Yeah, country um, club. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, so, so I was fortunate enough to play out of uh, the Sea Island Golf Club when I was at college. Mm. Um, it's it's right there by campus, like 15 minutes away. Um, they got three courses. It's part of like the Sea Island Resort, they call it, and just prestigious. They hold. Um, a PGA Tour event there in November every year, uh, the RSM Classic. They got tour players that live there. Um, and like you said, like crazy, like $150,000 initiation fee, you're like, and then you're in kind of thing, and then your fees every year after that. Just craziness. But it's, you know, it's so beautiful. It's pretty cool. It's the goal. Yeah. That's the life. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to play a lot of, a lot of golf there without – those expenses <laughs> yeah I know. oh guess yeah. so with school you're able just to sneak in the back door type thing yeah well my coach is a uh so our our school coach college coach he was a he's an instructor at sea island so he has access to everything and through him we get to go out there so it's oh, pretty man. cool how for like you must feel so fortunate to be able to do that it was insane it was awesome so fortunate um i remember my first year my, or my freshman year i'm i'm putting I'm practicing on this green. It's kind of behind the range. They have like a tee deck on both sides of the driving range. Like that's how big it is. Yeah. It's right on the ocean too. It's sweet. And they got a putting green back there. And I'm just practicing by myself one day, like super peaceful, you know, getting, you know, grinding in the heat, you know, South Georgia heat. It was like September or something. And Matt Kuchar, who's a local, just pulls up in his cart and just like throws down a few balls and starts practicing right beside me. And this guy's won, I don't know how many millions of dollars on the PGA Tour. He's won several times. Just a cra- I'm just there like, hey, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? <laughs> it was crazy. You're like, I paid my fee. I'm supposed to be here. Don't worry. I, I put my 150000 in. Don't worry. That's crazy. That's yeah. insane. Every time we have like a hockey guy on here that goes and plays college down in the States, they always talk about the um, the connections that they were able to make. You know, if they went to BU, they went to Harvard, Boston College, a lot of Massachusetts guys. But they always talk about the connections that they, they make down there. And now some of them are, are grown men. They're 30 years old, and they say that they're still buddies with their boys down in the States and uh, their friendships that they'll have forever. Do you have some of those connections down there that you've been? Since you've been down there? Yeah, 100%. I mean, honestly, like, mass majority of my friends are down there now. Yeah. You know, I have some good buddies here in Halifax, but, I mean, you know, most of my good friends from college are spending so much time there. Like, people are, you know, they're so genuine. You just make some of the best memories of your life down in college. And along with, you know, just connections through golf, too, you know, you meet some hot, pretty prestigious people. Like, we had, we had, um... I met a Heisman Trophy winner. I can't remember. Johnny Football. College Football MVP. I know what a Heisman Trophy is. <laughs> uh, maybe he's the coach of the Gators. O.J. Sim- oh. I can't remember. Anyway, and uh, like we had the Gators out one day at Sea Island. I, I worked there for a semester as well um, while I was playing. Tips good? We had the, uh, yeah, tip for yeah, good. Say. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. It's nice seeing a U.S. bill in your hand. They're worth a little more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Um, you know, you meet some cool people. We had the yeah, the Florida Gators national championship football team was there from I don't know two thousand and whenever, yeah. and that was pretty cool because like half the guys were playing in the NFL. It was pretty sweet. Wow, go Gators! Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, you just got back from there. He just got back from a game down in Florida. He was down there. Wait a sec, go Gators! <laughs> I'm a Bulldogs fan. Go Georgia. <laughs> My girlfriend took the T-shirt, and every time she puts it on, she goes, "Go Gator." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, go dogs, go dogs. <laughs> no man, that's sick. That's uh, yeah, that, that's an amazing experience to be able to play down there in the in the Bermuda grass, get to see some prestigious courses, and be down in the states and make some great connections. That's the dream, man. Yeah, it was great. So what out of those? How many years were you down there? Four. 
four. What are some of like the valuable lessons that you've learned down there? Not just as a golf player, but just as a person. And you brought back, uh, I guess, here to Nova Scotia. Are you so you are living here right now, technically? Yeah. I guess everyone is. It's, yeah. it's tough to leave. Yeah. But uh, but what were some of the, the values that you've learned down there? Like I said, not just a golfer, but as a human, a student, whatever, and and brought back here. Man, like once you go to a different culture and you kind of experience it, like you think the United States are similar to us in a lot of ways, but you know just the laid back south you know you get a you know a deep sense of just that you know there is differences here the way that things are and you get two perspectives like you you see you know a way of life in a different place and you come back here and you can kind of take that with you and there there is major differences um you know you get the food the people just the mindset i guess um different environments so I think I've grown a lot in the sense that, you know, I understand more about traveling and living in a different place that I can bring back here, um, which is different. Like a lot of people here, they don't, you know, they're born in Halifax. A lot of people stay in Nova Scotia. And I've had that opportunity to kind of see another part of the world and live in another part of the world. So that's been probably the biggest thing for me is just, you know, communicating with different people down south. And being able to kind of take some of that knowledge up here. I remember I played golf this uh, past summer with Brad Kern, who also went down to the States to play. Did I get the Kern? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we walked onto the course and, you know, you know, we go to a golf course. There's people just hanging around the golf club. We're waiting to tee off. And the amount, I couldn't have, I, there were so many people that went up to him and were trying to talk to him. And this guy was a rock star, it looked like. Like, I remember his cart wouldn't work and the owner of the club, went and got his own personal cart to give to him. And like, I just, I couldn't believe the amount of popularity he had before we even teed off and the kids were talking to him and all that. And I, I, the, the question is, if you leave to go play somewhere else and play golf and, and you come back here, it seemed like from when I was watching Brad, that you've picked up maybe a little bit of knowledge that maybe you wouldn't learn here. You have to go away in order to gain. Do you feel that not responsibility, but do you feel that energy when you go to clubs that, okay, this guy, he, he's, he's gone somewhere. He's traveled. He's seen the real deal. Do you find that there's a little bit of responsibility, a bit of knowledge that you have that other people are looking to gain, especially like me right now, just trying to pick your brain on, on, on little things like that? Absolutely. I mean, here, you know, the community, if you're talking about like golf is much smaller. Yeah. And then you go down there and it's like you're a fish in a yeah. big sea, right? Yeah. Like it's a totally different environment. There's, you know, tons of good players, tons of big, you know, big names, wealthy people. It's more of like a country club lifestyle down there, right? Like big time. And so when you come back here, I feel like we're more of like a close knit golf community in the sense that everyone knows each other we've all played the same courses so for me coming down here i've seen a lot down south as far as different brands golf brands different styles of golf you know different courses i come back here and i can kind of share that experience with others yeah so they get a kind of a broader picture i have a lot of friends uh, and members at oakfield that are like oh i'd love to go down and check out sea island sometime and you know get that experience i'm like 100 percent worth it yeah it must be nice being in that situation, knowing that people look up to you for the knowledge that you've gained over the years, especially going down south. It must, you know, there's a sense of pride, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, representing Nova Scotia down there and just kind of on behalf of everyone trying to play the game and a different environment. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm proud to be from here and proud to represent the Maple Leaf down there, I guess. So Yeah, why not? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. That's sick. Yeah, I remember just going with Brad and I was like, oh, I, like, I remember myself, I was like, oh, there's going to be athletes here. Like, I'll get recognized through the podcast. No, I didn't get recognized once. And everyone just went up to Brad and Brad was just a rock star. He's like, everyone was asking him questions. I'm like, Brad, man, we got to golf. Let's go. And he's helping these people like with their short game. Like, it, was, it was crazy. It was just, I was, I was, I was amazed. But funny. no, this uh, the, yeah, this summer we're gonna have to get out for sure. Let's let's get out and play around. Absolutely. Maybe you'll break a record or a course record somewhere sometime. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> What's a course that you like to play around here other than your own? Um, I like I think Kenwo in the Valley is really nice. Yeah, I think it's kind of underrated. Like Kenwo's really nice course. It's not super long, but it's just super enjoyable. You know, obviously you're in the Valley, you're in wine country, some nice views. Always in great shape. Great golf course. Um. Northumberland Links is another one, uh, up on uh, in Pugwash there. Okay. Really good course. 
really sneaky good. Like sneaky. What does that mean? Sneaky good. Like it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's probably it's hands down one of the nicest courses in Nova Scotia. Oh yeah. 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 Northumberland. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably two hours from here. I'll try. Uh, yeah. Well, so when does golf season start here? Mm. April, May. Uh, May, like May, May first, end of April, maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I, I just got back from the cottage, and we got a little basement that's unfinished. I set up a little chipping green. I'm a sicko, man. I, I bought the what are they called the the plastic balls, and I'm just chipping off the carpet. Yeah. That's awesome. Sicko. <laughs> um. So, what's your plan in the winter? Do you just stick to simulators? Yeah. So this is my first winter being home in like four or five years. So it's kind of. You know, I'm trying to get back into that idea of, okay, how do I keep my game relatively sharp over the off season? Um, so right now I've, I've hired a trainer, Steve Olson, and he's helping me like physically prepare for 2010, 2022 season in the summer. And uh, Jeff McDonald, my coach, I'll start working with him in the new year. Um, but for the time being, I'm just hitting balls at Oakfield um, you know, practicing as much as I can there. Uh, we got the TrackMan technology, so we're able to use that and implement that um, into your game so you kind of know, like, how you're hitting it. TrackMan is just a cool technology. Um, you know, it tracks every shot that you hit. So it's pretty pretty convenient. And so that's all ramping up towards uh, next summer. I'm planning on playing a pretty full schedule and trying to get into the professional golf side of it. So you're going on tour um, my goal is to qualify for the McKenzie Tour. Um, That's the Canadian PGA, PGA Tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. PGA Tour Canada. Yeah. So I'm trying to get on that and, uh, you know, try to build up from there. Um, I got loftier goals than just making it on tour because, you know, once you get on, you know, you got work to do, right? Yeah. So uh, in March, I plan on going down south and playing an event in Georgia to get ready for Q School. Wow. So, yeah. How many guys are accepted on the McKenzie Tour? Uh, I think there's 144, there's 144 spots every week, like in the field. Every week? So you could be knocked out one week, you could make it one week. Well, I think there's a hundred, I'm not exactly sure the, yeah. you know, the, the exact number, number of it. Uh. Um, but you know, you do well enough in Q school qualifying and, uh, you get onto the tour and you know, there's 144 guys playing against each other every week, uh, for a win. So it's crazy. Yeah. What's the difference between someone that's like on the cusp of trying to make it to tour? Like you look at the, like, let's go like the best of the best, like best of the best. What's the difference between like, you know, like yourself who are trying to get in and the guys who are just absolutely unbelievable in terms of practice repetition? Like what's the difference, like the overall difference you think? Um, I would just say, you know, it's only a couple shots here or there, yeah. but mostly on the greens and around the greens. Like you see a lot of guys, you know, they, they, they miss their PGA tour card and, you know, they miss like two eight footers on the back nine. Like they make one of them, they get in kind of thing. So it's such a small margin. Um, obviously like the PGA tour Canada is a feeder tour to the corn Ferry tour and then onto the PGA tour. So it's like a first step, really quality golf, but it's like, okay, if you can find your place here and earn your spot on the next level, then you're getting that much closer to, you know, the real deal. Like, the real deal. Yeah, where yeah. you can make some money. Yeah, exactly. So really, really trying to work towards that, that childhood dream. So well, who's your favorite pro golfer right now in the world? Um, I really like him. He's, I like Kevin Kisner. Do you know who Kevin Kisner is? No. <laughs> so Should I look him up? Yeah, he's, he's just. How do you so, spell Kisner? K I S. K-I-S-N-E-R. Kevin Kisner. So he he's probably like top 30 or 40 in the world, I would think. But he's he's an American, and he's just – he's got a really tight golf game. He doesn't hit it super far. Oh, yeah. But he's just like a beauty. He's the <laughs> – he's so funny, man. Is he? Yeah, like he'll, he'll grind. He'll win a tournament. And his big thing is like he'll say uh, like it's no hobby kind of thing. Like this game isn't a hobby, so – what does that mean? He's 41 in the world right now. Yeah, okay. So, like, he'll win a tournament and be like, it ain't no hobby. 
it's oh, so I got funny. It. Yeah. I get it. it ain't no hog. Yeah, he's just like a southern boy. South Carolina. Yeah, he's from South Carolina. Um, just you know, he'll go home on his off weeks and he'll just like play around to golf with the boys and have a good time. So <laughs> I don't know. He just his, you know, he's the way he handles himself and carries himself. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I just think he's awesome. Well, he has a bunch of sponsors on his T-shirt, so that means a bunch of companies must like his personality. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. is that a whole other part of the side of the game that people really don't talk about is getting brands to be able to sponsor you through this? Absolutely. Um, sponsors are huge. And, you know, I'm working on some of those, um, working on getting kind of out there and getting some sponsors for this upcoming year. Um, Plug yourself, man. You know? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, it's it goes a huge way because you need that support, right? Yeah. Especially when you're starting out. A lot of us, like, we're we're college kids, fresh out of college. We're looking for support so we can chase this dream, right? So, you know, any sort of sponsors, you know, anywhere local, especially, you know, we want to represent where we're from. Cool. Um, so it's kind of, you know, one of those things I'm looking forward to hopefully acquiring a few sponsors and, you know, really getting to get that name out there. So, yeah. That's sick. Maybe we will once we start making COVID's a tough time right now for every sports industry, but we'll see once things happen. We'll see if we can get our logo on your polo. Or your hat, something like that. Yeah, I, I love we'll to We'll try that. to make it happen. Yeah, we'll see awesome. what happens. How much yeah. time are we at right now? 15 minutes. 15? 50. 50? Wow. Um, what are you doing the rest of the day? 45, 45 minutes? Yeah. What am I doing the rest of the day? Probably wrapping some Christmas presents. I'm kind of late on it. <laughs> oh, you're, man, all these young guys coming over, they yeah. don't have any other gifts. They're yeah. going to the mall today or yesterday. Yeah, I do. I need to get a workout in this, after, this afternoon, too. Where, where are you going? Good life? Uh, no, I'll do it at home. But oh yeah, yeah. This week I was supposed to do it with my my trainer Steve, but there was some sort of like exposure there with the whole COVID thing. So oh yeah, I heard yeah. about that. But um, are you touching a club every day? I did the last three days. Have you touched one today? Not today. No, I I usually touch them probably three or four times a week right now. Yeah. So, but like even in your house, like are you putting in your house? You got carpet in the basement. What's your like? Do you putt every day? Yeah, I can putt in my room if can I want to. Can you putt in your room? Yeah. You ever yeah. get sick of it? Uh, it's like sometimes. Yeah, you're not. It's not the real deal. Like living here, it's it's hard sometimes to, you know, really fall in love with hitting a million putts in your room every day when you yeah. want to be outside on real the real stuff. But especially if it's not Bermuda grass, your cart you're putting on your carpet. You're like, hey, eh, did yeah. that really go in? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So tough to be accurate with it do you have a huge itch when may rolls around just to get going 100 percent. yeah you got to like prove to yourself that everything i've worked for this past couple of months in the winter like is paying off yeah i i can't wait for the spring like the spring i'm like right now i'm ready to like i'm not i don't want to say i'm ready to compete quite yet but i'm you know i'm hungry for it like yeah. especially you know this is like the last four years i've been down south so i've been competing all winter long so this year, going back to kind of what it was like in junior golf, where you don't get to play golf at all for six months of the year, you're just, you try to make the most of it. You try to work on your fitness and then hopefully come spring, you're just, you know, ready to go. I'm, I can't wait. Do you have buddies right now down in Georgia that are playing like today, like that you talk to? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I got a buddy next week, uh, Jackson, he, he's going to the Patriot All-American out in out in phoenix arizona which is like a big it's like all the all americans from uh college get like an invite yeah. like first or second team so he had a good year last year so he'll be playing in that and i'm like man i wish i was down there doing that oh man why can't you be down there just like the money thing right now yeah 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 i'm hoping you know with a good season and maybe some sponsors and some help um you know i'll find myself back down there training yeah and playing some golf year round so. Have you been to a live PGA Tour event, like to see these pros up close and personal? Yeah. Uh, so the RSM Classic that is hosted at Sea Island every year, uh, I've been fortunate enough to kind of get in there and meet some of the players and watch them play and watch them compete. And, uh, this year, I was actually down in Georgia in November, and I got to see uh, the first three rounds of it. And I kind of went out there and just watched and observed. And what were some of the things you took from the seeing them up close and personal? Um, I think, you know, one of the big things is they're, they're so conditioned to compete. It's their routines are so automatic. Like they get up there, their pre-shot routine, it's very quick and deliberate, but it's also a process that's very, um, you can just see them, they're, they're prepared to hit every shot. They don't like mentally they're, they're ready to go at the beginning of the, the, uh, 
the shot, like every shot, tournament round, you can just see it. They're like, they're they're always prepared. They're very prepared for everything that they do. Interesting. Their process. Yeah. I guess before that, like the, if you see them go take a shot, they've probably taken that shot a thousand times before. So when they do it in front of you and they go, oh, they're prepared, it's probably just because they've done it so many times. Exactly. That's all they do. Exactly. Whenever we talk to, or we don't talk to anyone, but whenever I listen to a golfer talk about um, going on tour and they're getting interviewed, they say it's a grind, and they say all you're doing is just, it's just golf. You don't think about anything. Like it's they. Who was it? Um, uh, he's Australian. He's kind of Asian. Yeah, um, uh, he just did a tour. He just did a tour of his house the other day on YouTube. J- Jason Day. Jason Day. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, he was talking about going on tour and how he has like a tour bus and how sometimes his family's never with him and all he thinks about or all he does is just golf, golf, golf. He's always have his, that's why I asked you, do you have a club in your hand every day? And the way he described his answer about the guy that asked him about golf going on tour, the grind, how you say, you know, these guys are prepared, they're conditioned for it. It's almost reminding me about that answer, how, yeah, he's obsessed with golf. It was, it was, I, I wish I could explain the answer right now, but the way he said when he goes onto that tour bus and all he thinks about is golf when he's on that tour going from course to course to course across America, he just he looked like a drug addict. Like he, he was, not look, but he sounded like one. Yeah. Like he's just, just golf, 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 shot, 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 shot. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's definitely it's, like a grind. Like I've had a few instances where I've been playing like two, three weeks um, back to back and it's like, you know, you're traveling and then you're playing and practicing all day. And then you go to bed, you get up at 6.30 for early tea time. Then you have to figure out what to do with your day after that. You know, it's a, it's just a lot of managing time. So it's almost, you are you know you have to go out and play. You know you need to set aside time for practice. You know you need to eat well. You need to get some sort of um, fitness in. Um, and just kind of balancing it all yeah. while, you know, being mindful of sleep like Jason Day would be a prime example of someone who does that really well. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like when it comes down to a grind, like, man, it's, it's, it's tough. Like he was, uh, you got to see this video he, in his backyard. He has a green, he has a little bit of a fairway. He has a bunch of holes, a bunch of sand traps. And then right in his backyard, like it's his patio where he eats the dinner with his family, where his mom was just painting. And it's just like, this guy thinks about golf nonstop. His house, you walk into his house, it's a putting green and a gym and then the kitchen. It's one, that's what I mean by just obsessed. <laughs> just you walk into the house, you take your shoes off right to the left, putting green, right next to the putting green, there's a gym, right next to the gym, there's a simulator. And then right next to the simulator, it's his oven for, and fridge. And, and it's it just like, they, they tried to mix in questions. It's just about life. And it just, every question circled right back around to golf. And I was just like, this guy eats, breathes, yeah. sleeps, golf. It's a career, man. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's like, like right now I'm kind of in that, sort of period of time where I'm trying to make this a full-time job. So like yeah. when you talk about guys like that, I'm like trying to almost mirror some of the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. And um yeah, so it's pretty cool to see like how crazy these guys are with their when it comes to golf and having all that those resources pulled together just to make the game better. Yeah. yeah. Just even if they're making millions, they're still trying to get better. It's kind of motivating. Yeah. Did you watch the Charlie and Woods? Past I did. weekend, I did. How much fun was that? That was so cool. Oh, yeah. He's a super tight like Charlie. Don't get me wrong, unbelievable. But Tiger, the guy, almost had his leg amputated seven months ago. Now he's out there, yeah, on a par three, hitting one fifty, getting it two inches from the pin. Are you kidding me, Jeff? Just yeah. There's a reason he changed game. There's a reason he <laughs> changed his game. He's so good. That's crazy. How good is he? It's. I saw a stat um, last night. I think I was scrolling through Twitter, and. uh it had like the the leader on tour last year for driving irons and putting and like together tiger was better than all of theirs added up like he was better than the first place guy in every single category in his prime like it was it was ridiculous like he's yeah he's unbelievable if you were a betting man would you say that charlie woods is going to be on tour one day well, I'd say there's a really good chance. I would I would put some money on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's some obviously he's got the best genes and yeah, really sports. Did you see those then, videos where like they're they have the exact same mannerisms? Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Like the putter raise when they're making a putt and stuff like that. It's Guy just, has swagger. It's impressive. Do you think John Daly the 2nd will be on tour as well? Uh, maybe. 
Why, Maybe. why me? I thought he, they won the thing. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I, well, I mean, he's going to a good school in Arkansas. But, I mean, you know, there's so many good players. Like, I could definitely see him doing it. But, you know. How many players do you think in the world right now are playing golf? Top of your, top of your head. How many, like, a billion? <laughs> how many people are in the world? Seven know. billion? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Like 500 million? Billion. Probably... I don't know, probably two or three hundred million. I don't know. That's like my first guess off the top of my head. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, yeah. And then out of those two hundred million, how many people do you think are trying to go on tour? Probably like point one, zero point zero one percent of them. <laughs> Man, good yeah. for you for like going for it. The, the amount of guts you got to have just to pursue it. Yeah, like just good for you. What can you say? Yeah, I mean. I was thinking about it because out of college, I mean, I really wanted to keep playing, but I, you know, I've just decided, hey, I'm young, I'm just gonna chase it, and, you know, if I if I don't do it, I'm gonna kick myself in ten years for not doing it. So I'm gonna chase it, and if something great happens out of it, then fantastic. And if not, I can look back and say, hey, I gained a bunch of experience anyway, um, and had the time of my life trying to play some golf. So. And you use the right word, experience. That's what it's all about, experience. Yeah. You go down and make experience. And you're young, so do it. Who cares? Go for it. And you'll do it. Just got to think positively. It'll happen. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Like I said, we're going to have to get out this summer and uh, hit some balls. Yeah, 100%. So part three, 150. I got to pull up my six iron, seven iron, eight iron. Eight iron. Eight so iron? To, yeah, hit, hit an eight iron in there. Okay. And should, yeah. I get the, should I get the MBs or no? The MBs? Mm. Maybe, maybe lay off them? Maybe. Eh, they're so nice, though. I'll take a look at them, but maybe. They're, they're <laughs> so nice. All right. Yeah. Um, do you want to – oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say thanks for having me. Oh, man. Appreciate it. No worries. Do you want to thank anyone, any coaches, parents, anything like that? Do you want to say thank you to anyone? The, the floor is yours. Uh, I guess just thanks to my team, uh, Jeff, Steve, Oakfield, um, my parents. Uh, yeah, just I guess Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Um, yeah, so. All right, man. Sean, you're the man. Everyone, thank you uh, very much for tuning into the show. I think this episode is going to be coming out on uh, Monday, so Christmas will be passed. But happy holidays, happy new year, have fun, work hard, play golf. Eight iron on a par, three, 150. We are out. Thank you very much.